0: Thanks, Emily. Um, Good evening. For those of you who are visiting, my name is Mark. I'm the senior pastor here. It's great to have you here for Jodine's Day, uh, we commissioned her this morning, so we did all the official bits. We asked her some official questions twice in both services to make sure we she was answered correctly all day. And congregations for the questions for the congregation, we prayed for her, set her apart. It was uh, it was great this morning. Uh, and uh, if you don't, if you haven't, uh, if you weren't here this morning, and you get a chance to listen to Brett Davis's sermon, uh, Jodine had asked Brett to share this morning. It was a great word, not only for Jodine but for us as well. So I'd encourage you to have a listen to that during the week uh, and. Uh, Tonight we want to do a couple of things. We want to uh, kind of interview Jodine a little bit so you get to hear a bit more of her story. Um, One of the reasons why we put off her commissioning until she'd been at the role for a little bit is because I think if we're going to commit to to her and she's going to commit to us, it's nice to have some kind of relationship between us. Uh, And so, you know, a couple months is enough for us to kind of get to know who she is a little bit and want you to get a little bit more insight into that. And then she's going to share just a little bit about what's on her heart. Uh, and, uh, and what we're looking forward to that tonight. So those will be the two sections. Just before we do that, however, um, I wanted to just draw your attention to these little cards that you found on your seat. Uh, Last week, with all the baptisms, we didn't kind of talk about this vision offering. This is something that we talked about, though, in our morning services last week. Essentially, at the end of the year, we want to give our church and those who are committed to it an opportunity to contribute to some things that kind of pitch forward. Uh, And uh, this vision offering is a little bit different. It's a little bit of a hybrid, both kind of what we're thankful for, but also what we're pitching forward to. And there are three projects there that you might want to prayerfully consider contributing to. One is for the acoustic paneling and whatnot. We put that in this year after a 2 year year drama, Uh, and uh, one of the delays was that it just, it was a lot more complicated to get acoustic paneling to hang from a roof than anyone would have thought possible. Uh, And so we had to spend a little bit more on that than we thought. So if you have appreciated the sound quality increase, you might want to contribute to that. Uh, There's ongoing opportunities to contribute to our filming and broadcasting on the Australian Christian Channel. Uh, And then there's also something called COACH, which is an adult mentoring program that we're going to be starting next year. Uh, And we'd like some seed funding to kind of of launched that. So there's a few things I'd encourage you, some information about that and how to give on the back, but take that with you tonight and prayerfully consider how you might participate in that. Done. Jodine, join me on the platform, please, and would you welcome her if she does? <laughs> well, Jodine, how you, how you feeling at the end of the day?
1: Good. Yeah. yeah, Just happy I sat on the seat without falling off.
0: Yeah. Fair call. Yeah. It's good to have achievable goals. Yes,
1: right.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, uh, I i mean, I, I met Jodine a number of years ago. She was actually a student at Morling at the time. I uh, didn't get to know her particularly well in the midst of, of that class. And then obviously through the interview process that I was privileged to be a part of on the pastoral selection committee, got to know Jodine a little bit more. So I thought it'd be helpful just to kind of chat through a bit about some of the story that led her to this point. Uh, She doesn't know what the questions are, which is why she's still smiling, looking around, waiting. Uh, And uh, so here we go. Um, So, Jodie, tell us a little bit how you came to faith. It's about 20 years ago, you Mm -hmm. came to faith. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that.
1: So at the time, I was 19 years old. I was in uni. Uh, I lived for surfing and just just loved it. And it was all about surfing and and heavily involved in that scene at the time. And um, my boyfriend at the time... um, you know we just had these questions about life and my big question was if you put the whole universe in a box what is outside the box <laughs> <laughs> and i couldn't answer that question i had no faculties within myself that answered that question and uh, his mum at the time was going uh, to a church and had bible studies and stuff like that so we thought oh, we'll go along and ask questions and and so we went along and um, he became a Christian and he came back and told me and I'm like, wow, well, okay. <laughs> and then I went along and it, I don't know, it was just the first time I, I guess I'd heard truth. Something you go, wow, that really stands up in the midst of a lot of other sort of things in this life. And so um, I sort of decided to become a Christian then and gave my heart to Jesus. And um, it probably didn't kick in for about a year. Like, oh, you've got to give your whole life to Jesus. <gasps> oh, <laughs> So then began that process of, I guess, just surrendering and learning how to ride that unicycle, because it's kind of awkward, but once you sort of start to get the hang of it, it gets better.
0: Can can you remember any kind of particular moments or events where you, you, that that journey of realising oh, this is a bigger, this is a bigger decision than I thought it was? Can you remember any of the kind of, in that first year, any of those significant events?
1: Well, I think you're sort of younger, you're a little bit oblivious, <laughs> so you sort of just kicking along, you're like, ah, I don't want to go to church on Sunday, I'd rather go surfing, and then just sort of those steps of, no, I kind of want to understand this Jesus more, and so pressing into that and experiencing Jesus and then going, okay, yeah, but this is what God is calling me to, and starting to take those steps, so... It was probably that moment when I'm like, oh, I have to give my whole life. There was one moment when um, actually I just had just sort of started going to church and I lived about an hour away from it. And I lived on the coast and would drive to this church. And I drove, I thought, oh, I'll just check the surf before I go. And the surf was perfect just glassy, offshore, no one out. My favourite surf break. So I started having a meltdown, like a major crisis. I'm like, I really don't want to go to church because I'm driving past the surf. I'm like, oh. And I felt like God asked me at that moment, how much do you want me? And I'm like, no, not now. Like, I want to go surfing. That's what I want to do. And it was like, oh, I had tears streaming down my, my cheeks. And I'm like, oh, I want you. And so I drove off to church. And you know what happened afterwards? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> It wasn't like a big moment, but it was like a decisive moment in my heart. You know, angels didn't come down and sing and rainbows and unicorns didn't dance afterwards. It was just a very ordinary moment, but one that sort of transformed my faith.
0: Now, that that led eventually to a decision to move inland. Yes. Away from the surf. Yes. Uh, and, and that was, but it was part of it, wasn't it? It wasn't just yes. about a relocation. It was actually no. about giving that up. So when you kind of... I mean, Christians can talk about giving stuff up and laying things at the foot of the cross and all that kind of stuff, and it sounds great until you try to do it. You (laughs) think, what does that mean? It's a metaphor, for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, And so, like, what did it look like for you to give surfing
1: up? Yeah, I guess surfing was my, my identity. So you're sort of giving, I guess, a mask of yourself up. Like, I thought I was cool and this and that and the other because of surfing, and God was like, you don't need that. And that's like, yes I do. So that tension of, of working that out was, was a challenge. So, and then doing the things that I felt God was leading me to, I'm like, I don't wanna do that.
0: What sort of things?
1: So I um, was at a church and, and serving and part of that and I was teaching Sunday school and the kids knew more than I did. And I'd be like, all right, little Johnny, you've said enough. You're using all my material, all right? Just pipe down, little Johnny. Um, And also, I was at a nursing home, and I'd go there sort of, you know, for a couple of years and visit people that were sort of in their last days of life, and people didn't go and visit these people. And it was just heartbreaking to see all these people in a nursing home with no-one visiting them and no-one loving them and how much they were crying out for attention and just love. Um, So doing that, you know, when you're in your late 20s and your friends are out partying and you're like, yeah, just hanging out in the nursing home on the weekend... And there was one time I was walking through the hall, again with um, tears streaming down my face, going, what am I doing? Like, what is my life? Uh, You know what happened after that?
0: Let me guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That thing again. (laughs) It was just unsexy, everything that I did. It was just not cool. Um, But it really was a time in my life where God showed me to love the people that he loved and love the things that he loved and for me to see with different eyes than what I would normally see with.
0: Now you weren't in ministry at this time, this is all kind of volunteer. Yes. So you were working at Telstra, what were you doing?
1: I was a project manager, so I was there for about 10 years. Uh, I came in through the Telstra graduate uh, program and so they moved me around to different areas but probably the most significant time of my time at Telstra was doing project management. So managing um, government and corporate IT rollouts across Australia. And did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was really good, I I loved it. it. And it was funny because now you look back and you see God honing your craft so not only was I learning about his character but he was also (laughs) training me as a national project manager because then it rolled on to doing Christian Surface Australia girls and when I when that came up it was like well that's no stretch because I already do national projects so So
0: how did that happen? Because you've moved inland, you're not surfing anymore because it had become a bit of an idol or a mask or whatever you want to describe it as, and your next job's with Christian surfers. So how'd you manage that sneaky one?
1: (laughs) Well, again, my life has not been planned, but it has been planned, I guess, by God. um... I guess I was coming up to my 30th birthday and uh, in the Bible, Jesus talks about, you know, it was going to be a significant year. It was about his 30th birthday when he then stepped into full-time ministry. Um, and I thought, all right, this is, this is a big one. I've been out in the wilderness, as I like to call it, for about 11 years. And, you know, 30s is going to be something significant. So I spent a year leading up to that, just praying and seeking God and just going, what is it that you want? And um, I came up to my 30th birthday and again, nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if if you want me here in this suburban nightmare for the rest of my life, so be it. Um, And I guess it was that moment when you laid it down. um, And through a a course of events, uh, I ended up at a Christian Surfers National Conference and I'd never been to one before. Um, And yeah, I felt God clearly speak to me about taking on the role as a National Women's Coordinator. No one had done it before. Uh, but I just felt clearly and had that vision and understanding, and I spoke to Steve Bailey, who was a national director, and he was here this morning. I'm like, do you need a national women's director kind of person? And he's like, we've been praying for that. And I'm like, I think I'm your person. <laughs> so uh, I put forward an application to, to do that role. It was a new role. It was a pioneering role. And at the time, I'd got, worked 10 years at Telstra, so you get long service leave. Um, I'd also won a few project management awards, so I had $3,000 worth of travel, a new computer, And I'm like, great God, what do you want me to do with this? Like, I'm never allowed to go anywhere. And, (laughs) you know, I never felt like I could go places because my time was, you know, with with this little church. Um, So I had all the resources and things ready. I took uh, six months off Telstra, got paid by them to work for Christian Surfers and start to walk that out. So, yeah, I couldn't have planned it, but I had all the pieces at my disposal to to walk it out.
0: How how did it feel to kind of um, have surfing given back to you? What, what changed in terms of, you know, you surf now yeah. and you surf then, yeah. and in between you kind of said to God, okay, I want you more than I want surfing. Yeah. So what, what's the difference between Jody and the surfer before Jesus and yeah. Jody and the surfer now?
1: I guess it's not that thing that drives me anymore. Um, when you take something that's ordinary and make it extraordinary, you kind of set yourself up for, for failure a little bit because it's like, oh, my happiness and my life only depends if I get that thing. And so now that it's the other way around, I'm not so controlled by it in a sense. Um, I guess that time gap too, I'm, I'm a lot poorer surfer, which really sucks uh, because you just don't get to practise so much and you, you just get worse at it. So, but um, yeah, it's just fun and I love, I guess to doing Christian surfers, it wasn't ever going to be about me surfing anymore, It's still about other people. So I had the capacity to love and serve other people while surfing because it wasn't about me and what I got.
0: So this pioneering role with, with Christian surfers, with women yes. in particular, what were the challenges that you faced to kind of launch that aspect? I mean, because you know, now I think we're pretty used to seeing men and women in the surf and hmm. women surfing has kind of taken leaps and, you know, gone leaps and bounds even in the secular world. Hmm. So like, what were the challenges that you faced 10 years ago?
1: I think it was just the right timing. So. I don't see them as challenges, but more so opportunities. The culture, obviously, of surfing, there's a lot of guys involved, and that's fine, that's great. That's the way a lot of things are in this world. So working out where that fits to not create sort of gender blocks, but create a whole holistic kind of outcome for guys and for girls, because as male and female, we're both image bearers of God. So how do you do that and do it well? So I think, I guess, the first challenge is we're sort of just And it wasn't any disrespect to guys, but them just getting their head around that girls are part of Christian surfers and they don't want to surf 10-foot death slabs and they don't want to eat sausages 24 hours a day and they want salad. (laughs) That was kind of the first kind of challenge. But I think it was just more um, us understanding our new identity as a family, as brothers and sisters. And that wasn't a challenge. That was a beautiful thing. And, of course, there was little things along the way and people that sort of... Not resisted, but it wasn 't common to them or, or natural to them, so understanding our new sense of identity as a family as brothers and sisters that 's been the toughest thing or the challenge, but it 's also been the greatest opportunity and outcome
0: so you, I mean you did that for ten years and you, you kind of left kind of a woman 's movement in christian surfers that 's now well established. How did you know? or what were, the, what were the indicators that it was time to move on?
1: Oh, I had a, a beautiful moment. Uh, it was two years ago. It was at our national conference. It was down in Victoria in Torquay. And I um, walked into sort of the area where all the girls were staying because everyone flies in from all around Australia to come to this conference. And I walked into the girls' dorm and they were having an all-out dance party, going crazy. And they almost look at me like, who are you? And I'm like awesome (laughs) because they didn't need permission from somebody to be part and just the way I see girls really step up and I guess hear from God and and walk that out in their lives it's happening they're not sort of in the corners or on the edges afraid I mean certainly we have that personally but the culture is there to invite and embrace guys and girls as part of our tribe and and that's a beautiful thing so for the last two years I've just started to see that that they don't need me. Mum needs to move out of home. <laughs> because I'm also going to become a liability if I'm around always kind of watching and them expecting me to be there. It's them to start, to time to start to grow out and to feel the, the pain, the pressure, the opportunity and the challenges.
0: And then over the last year, I mean, you started praying more about this and you kind of came to a decision about five months ago that you knew what your next step was. What was that?
1: So, yeah, I just had a, I got to the point I'm realising that there's not sufficient work for me to be full-time in Christian service. So for the past 10 years, I've been doing the role full-time, and there wasn't. I just didn't feel convinced in in my own heart, and my own conscience, that there was enough work to do there. And something. Well, what do I do? Because i I'd never had that problem before. Uh, and so I sensed that okay, it's probably time to get a part-time job, maybe do half-half. So I. It was hard to sort of come to that decision, not that I wasn't willing, but because I'd been doing it for 10 years and you're just like got it in fifth gear and you just, you know, foot on the pedal and you're just going and going. So it was hard to sort of bring it back to first and even park the car and get out the driver's seat and just stand by the car and wait. So I came to that realization five months, it's like, right, all right, it's time to get a job, uh, you know, a paid job in wherever, you know, capacity. So I'm
0: and you were thinking like a cafe. Cafe. Or something yeah,
1: cafe like. in Cronulla. I get to spend more time with the community because often I'm travelling around Australia and around the world with Christian Surface. So I'm just thinking, wow, yeah, it's time to embed in the community, and that would be a great thing. Mm.
0: There you go. And then I called. Then you called. Mm. What was it about this when you were thinking cafe? I mean, we have a nice coffee machine. Yeah. But I'm not sure that's what you were thinking about. Like, uh, you know, how, how did because yeah, when i chatted to you the first time you just you laughed i remember you laughed um at the kind of at the timing of it all this kind of sense of you kind of working out what's next uh, feeling like there was something next you didn't know what it was and then this call kind of out of the out of the blue in, in lots of regards how did like how did you how did you hear god in this process This process of kind of finding out about a role uh, applying for it, thinking it through like what was the process to kind of say Yeah, I think God's in this rather than kind of the cafe and part-time Christian surfers work.
1: Yeah. Well, a year earlier I felt that change was coming and so I spent a week just really praying and seeking God what that looked like. So I had a couple of verses and sort of a sense of some things and it was kind of a blueprint or a map to a place you'd never been before. You're like, great, where is this land? I don't even know. So when you called and I read the job description, it was almost like laying that kind of map that you got and going... (laughs) <laughs> right, that kind of fits. So it wasn't a surprise, but it was just more a a time of kind of going, is this really the the right fit and the, and the place that you want to um, expend your energy and your time and your effort and your passion? And um, I talked to people, I talked to Gil Davis, who a lot of you know, and said, what do you think, is this a good fit? And she's like, yes! And one of the, the funniest ones was I had one of the young girls, we call them grommets in surfing, so I had one of the young groms around my place and... Um, It was one of the young girls I'd mentored for a couple of years, and and I told her about the idea of possibly working at a cafe, and I came off the phone from you, and I said, "Um, have a look at this, and I showed her the job description. I said, what do you think? And she said, I'm more traumatized by you working in a cafe. That job is you. You need to go and do that. I'm like, trained you well. <laughs> so, you know, just, just seeing that and hearing from the people around me in my community, you're just like, yeah, this, this makes sense. And the fact that that whole female thing, the first female pastor, I'm like, oh, as much as I don't want to do that thing and be that person, it's like, okay, God, I'll go and do it again. <laughs> Uh,
0: <laughs> that's a whole other story we'll get into that another point in time but uh, Joe in our 67 year history as a church we had never appointed a female pastor we'd had female deacons we'd had female elders uh, I've been here 20 years now I can't even remember having a, a woman apply for a role so it's not like we've been saying no you can't we just never had the opportunity so it was very exciting uh, when uh, the church did appoint Jodine. 94% of the members said yay which i think was more than i got not that i'm bitter or counting or anything like that but uh so that was uh very very exciting and very overwhelming Jodine's, uh, Jodine's going to share a bit more uh, in a few minutes time but just one last question uh looking back kind of over how god has led you you know you kind of look back and you see god's fingerprints on your life much more clearly now than you did at the time at the mm-hmm. time you're like what is this all about what would you say to people out here who are, you know, who sense that there might be a change coming up, um, who might feel that God's calling them to perhaps lay something down? Um, what, what, what sort of advice would you give if, if someone were to ask you those questions? I feel a change is coming, I feel God's calling me to do something.
1: What would you say? Yeah, I guess to think back on what are the clearest times that God has spoken to you and, or, you know, something that you've read in the Bible and does that line up, it, it kind of like, um, points where you map like, you know, this thing that God said and this thing that I've sensed does it line up to where this action or this particular outcome is taking me. Mentors are great. If you haven't got a person in your life that you sort of respect and look up to and they can help you through things, they're fantastic for bouncing things off them and, and I guess walking with you on your spiritual journey. So I think they're, they're great ones and obviously prayer. Just keep pressing in. And I think the, the thing is no, no one feels like an expert when you're doing it. Like who feels professional and fantastic when you're like, yeah, that's clear, just made that decision and heard that from God and you're like, nah, it's messy. Well, I was wailing, there was sackcloth and ashes and <laughs> mascara down your face or whatever. You know, It just never feels amazing at the time but it's always the retrospect that makes, I guess validates and, and shows you that God is, has got his hands and his fingerprints all over your life.
0: Well Jordine, it is great to have you on staff and wonderful to have you part of our church family and looking forward to hearing you share a little bit of your heart in a few minutes' time. Would you thank and welcome Jodine? So there's uh, just a little bit more